Hey everybody, my name is Alex. I'm coming at you straight from the perch, and this is Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, for those of you who haven't listened to the last episode on hold on a second. On Orbital Children, you can go listen to that right now in the feed right before this episode. Orbital Children is a um, Netflix original anime, which I suspect they just paid licensing money for, but it's really great. So go give that episode a listen and definitely go check that out on Netflix. But um, today I want to talk about... Something that I that I find really interesting as a trained animator who's lost his touch, um, and also a um, by by lost my touch, I mean if I like sat down and you know concentrated on drawing consistency for about a month, I could probably get it back. But that's a lot of work and a lot of equipment, and I don't have that kind of time um, because the world is the world, and it sucks, um, but I went to go see a, um, exhibit in the Met, actually, at the time of recording this, literally yesterday, and it was fascinating, because it was, a um, there's a exhibit there about Disney, and about, like, French arts, about French art and cultures, from, like, the Victorian era's influence on Disney. And Disney's hands were all over this thing, obviously. But the really, the, like, amazing thing was just the sheer amount of ephemera generated by making animation. And no matter which way you slice it, that's really... will always be true. And... If you want a really good, um, if you want a, a really good, what's the best word for it, um, follow over on Twitter, over in the anime Twitter world, you can go follow Justin Sudeikis, um, he used to be one half of the, um, ANCAST, but, um, now he is, and he's always been a DVD authoring, mastering, person, and he has done so much of the DVD authoring and mastering in the anime world that I'm pretty sure you have more than a couple of hit of um, the discs that he mastered himself. I know I do. But something he talks about all the time, it's the kinds of masters, it's the kind of um, source masters that companies give him. He has, like, showed up to his uh, he showed up to his house was like, Tons of boxes on his front porch because it's reels of tape or beta cassettes or some insane thing. And that's because due to a couple factors, um, they, studios, especially animation studios have never, have for, for years not taken super great care of the cells and like actual physical products that they produce on the way to producing animation. So, um, 
a great example of this is, I forget which episode of Shirobako it is, but there's an episode of Shirobako where um, the main character goes with the director at the studio to their storage warehouse. And it is these like rows and rows and rows of storage shelves and manila folders of just cells, of, of raw animation cells. And she discovers that like the there's like there's a plot point there, but it gives you an idea of exactly how much physical 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 art is produced by old school animation. And while animation is largely done digitally now because just the way of the world, uh, that stuff is still produced. Because at the end of the day, it's so much easier to have a physical storyboard sheet in front of you than have, say, like, um, then then have to like go to a location on a server and like pull it up every time. And also, the window management would be a goddamn nightmare. But also. Even in the, even well into the era of digital, there's still, there's still immense value to be able to sketch out and sketch through a problem, like a solution to a problem that it would take just too much time to like boot up your computer, turn on your iPad, all this other stuff, open the app when you could just grab a sheet of paper draw something and be like, here, do this. So that brings me to a purchase that finally showed up. Um, the Steelbox set for, the steel, the limited edition Steelbox set for Ishizoku reviewers or interspecies reviewers. And if you remember this show, you probably do if you're listening to this, it got a huge amount of controversy because it went full porn by the by episode three of the, of a show that was supposed to be a like funny etchy show about reviewing monster girl brothels, and it was very clear that you know Funimation didn't entirely understand what they bought and the, like they put it into their system and their system was spitting it out and all of a sudden oh shit it's porn. <laughs> Um, that's super rare, but and it was a super big deal because it's not every day that a major media brand screws up that hard. Um, but it was a huge controversy and for a bunch of censorship and 14-year-old assholes, 14 to 34-year-old assholes on the internet reasons. Um, I did a, I did a show on it with, um, Slate of, um anime of MCS anime podcast and um, anime MCS um, YouTube channel. So go check that out in the, in the podcast feed. It was a while ago, but I, I did do, we, we convened and we talked about that weird ass thing. And like in terms of the show, it's like a raunchy bordering on porn etchy show for most of its run. But what's interesting is that, and I'm not sure it's because if it gained notoriety, because of the, like, place in media history, it, like, 
carved out for itself by being a fuck-up that Funimation would want to erase. But I immediately was like, I should I should probably own this dumb thing. It seems important enough to have. So I, you know, as soon as I could, I, you know, spent whatever it was on those Steelbox set. And then I forgot about it. <laughs> and I forgot about it because it was a pre-order already. And then, you know, the world got was already screwed up. So it took forever to ship. And then it showed up, like, let's say a week ago. And I, the thing I didn't expect to be getting with it was the, um, was the asset, was the art book. And it's this little book, it's not, it's not a particularly, not a particularly grand art book as far as art books go. It's, it's no art of spirited away that you can go buy and it's enormous and borders. I have that, actually. Um... It is, however, a little compendium of all of the artboards for, I think it's episode, the opening, episode 1 and episode 12 and maybe the ending. And then you go further into the book and you get to the, um, you get to all the backgrounds and it takes you through all the background locations. And then you get to the end of the book and it says, this is the end. Now to read this manga. And it is a original produced manga for the show. And it's just all kind of great. But what strikes you when you're going through this is like, this is a, like I said, an, a, an, an etchy show that borderlines, that borderline porn. <laughs> but it's... It's still a major production. It was still... It was a thing that was slated to release and was announced by, you know, Funimation. It's it's a major production of a show. And the amount of artboards and stuff that was produced to make this thing is uh, probably incredible. I mean, if they did the artboarding as extensively as they did for... <laughs> Episode 1 and episode 12. That is true of every... Assuming that it's true of every episode. These artboards are incredible. You know, it... And that that is, in terms of art, a fairly recent um, development. And the reason why I'm why I thought about this is because... When you see, when you see the like sheer amount of stuff Disney has, and they're capable of bringing to the floor when somebody has the idea for an exhibition, or Disney has the idea for an exhibition, that's only possible because Disney has taken archival, you know, archival preservation of their work really seriously because they've had the money to take it really seriously. Since before, since like the forties, it's always been a big Disney stuff has always been a big deal, kind of. So the their ability and their consideration around say the old cells for the 
transformation scene in Cinderella has always been there. So those, so those cells can go to a museum someday. <laughs> Whereas something produced for a different reason, for much more, for no less commercial reason. They're both commercial productions, certainly. But for a reason to, like, sell plastic model kits, like Gundam, that those assets, I guess is the best way to call it, to refer to them, are treated very differently because there wasn't always that eye preservation towards the 90th in-between cell that somebody drew that day that is probably gorgeous, but in the eyes of the person who created it, it's a part of a, it's a part of a whole in like on the way to a finished episode. It's not it's not that it's not important because it's not important. It's not important in that moment because it can't be because to dwell to dwell on every drawing you do as an animator that wastes precious time basically. And there's a, and actually Shirobako has like great, a great understanding of like, not just the business of animation, that's certainly part of it, but the, the utility of art to an animator. And there's a great, there's another great episode where one of the characters is like hemming and hawing over like, I can't draw this like little scene with a cat. Because uh, I don't know how to draw cats. Really animals, I think, is the point. But cats in general. And the director, like, pulls her aside and says, like, yeah, you need to get this done. It, it, it would be worth your time to, like, take the time and go watch some cats. <laughs> and just go, like, do some observational sketching. Because it, this art, th your art is your trade. And... If you're not doing it well, take the time to slow down and think about what you're doing and do and do some and do some observational sketching of cats so you can get the scene done because your your job depends on the scene. Not not in like a bad no way, like we'll give it to somebody else and there's still stuff for you to do, but it would be a shame if you couldn't do this. And and it's not, like I said, it's not, it's that scene isn't meant to be threatening in any way towards that character or that character's job. Um, but it is meant to be artistically instructive to that character. And, and in a way, artistically instructive to... Any creative people who are working in a creative field who are watching the show <laughs> is the long and short of it. And it's just... Those, like, those are the kinds of things that come through in notes on an animation cell, in, you know, notes on PDF copies of stuff, in all kinds of ways 
that are necessary in a creative field when you're collaborating with a many times huge team of people. And that stuff has value regardless of what the end product was. Like I said, you know, Ichijoku reviewer isn't necessarily anything special. Is it fun at times? Absolutely. Is it the same joke over and over again in different variations? Also, absolutely. But, you know, like, the fact that they, that they sat there and they seriously storyboarded the entire opening, which is just the, like, fun little etchy piece of an piece of animation, most likely an anagram, is incredible. And it is incredible, like, holding your hands and see, like, they animated the, like, nape of the neck, top of the cleavage, mouth, and then mouth, and then tongue, like, three little seat, little couple second thing. They storyboarded that all that out, and then you have all the way through the um, opening until you get to the last storyboard, which is the whole storyboard page is just a, like, overshot of the city, and you see the city so perfectly in this, like, essentially little super rough brushwork doodle that they made, is, like, it's an incredible thing. Now, the last thing I want to say is one of the best parts of the Disney um, exhibit was the character concept sketches for characters we're all super familiar with. So, um, first let me say, just flat out, the person who drew the character con concept sketch for Lumiere is a sicko. And, like, <laughs> should not be allowed in polite company. Like, it, that version of Lumiere is an absolute sicko. And it's the best. And... The stuff you remember as being, you know, Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm using Beauty and the Beast specifically because it's very French-inspired and was a huge part of the exhibit. Um, the Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Um, the version of Gaston you remember. It's, it's absolutely not the version of Gaston that we're all from that they showed in the character sketches. In the character sketches, he's this, like, smarmy French asshole with, like, a like like a French Renaissance look, and he doesn't have that, like, huge barrel chest look that he ended up getting in the actual, in the actual animation. That came later. And it's just, the whole thing is... It was iconic and great, and, you know... I said this to the person I went to the thing with. I said, I, I think about animation and I think about art and the, like, the assets produced by animation in a very different way than many people. Certainly in, um, in the anime world do, but more... Broadly, in a different way than anybody outside of a, of the creative world do, and 
that's because like I know how to do that stuff. I may I may lack the technical skill at this point, but like give me enough time and I'll get and I could get back there. And because of the way animation is produced, there can be a glossing over of the technique required of the of the assets of animation and one of the best parts about Shirobako is ultimately it wasn't all business or all artistic take on animation whereas um something like um keep um the show um that show from a couple seasons ago the one everybody loved the one with the opening easy breezy i did a i did an episode on that was all about the art and the joy of animation and lots of times you should look at it from both angles but oftentimes you know now the cells for akira were are being sold as like artifacts from a dig and they're you gotta pay like thousands of dollars sometimes to be able to afford to own one in your home whereas when they were produced they were produced shot and then put on a pile of shot not shot i mean i know that from doing traditional hand animation that's like you you do all the drawings and then you kind of have to keep, you have to keep them all in order until you get to the capture station and you can't really be concerned with like, this one is my favorite, my special one. No, like you're animating a turtle walking and smoking. It's not that important. Like one individual drawing isn't necessarily that important. Um, the little thing I did in an anajam for the class, for the, um, for class like years ago. But, it, so it just, it is that, it's really cool to see the like, like, oh, these are all the in-between shells, or oh, these are all the storyboards, these are the backgrounds. I have a, like, not-so-secret love for animation, for backgrounds and animation. I just, like, it's a thing, I, it's a, they're a thing I collect, collect on um, Imgur. And on that note, if you like this episode, um, new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Sunday episodes are like this. They're more metatextual. They're more about the industry, about stuff I'm thinking about, about fandom, that kind of thing. And the Thursday, the Thursday editions of the show are more of a traditional review conversation pondering about uh, an individual show or film or property or sometimes even manga if I get particularly into manga but I have a manga minute thing that I try to keep that stuff too um and on that note my name has been Alex I'm coming at, and I've been coming at you straight from the perch and I'll talk to you on Thursday